Welcome to Books, Kids, and Creations, a part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. I'm your host, Tracy Bloom, and I feature people who inspire and uplift future generations with their work. And today, I have Helen and Thomas Doherty here to talk about their brand new book, Blue Baboon Finds Her Tune. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you, Tracy. It's, it's a real privilege to be here with you today. Yes, and thank very you for exciting. having us. Yeah, and it's not very often that I have a husband and wife duo on. <laughs> so how did this come to be? Because I'm sure you both had individual jobs and were working. Did one come up with the idea first or how did this come to be? Yeah, so um, it was my idea. Um, I mean, obviously, I was looking for something for Tom to illustrate because we worked together on a number of books. So um, I don't know whether anyone's familiar with the Snatcher book or the Storybook Night or Pirate Nell's Tales to Tell. So these are all books where I've written the, the text, I've written the words, and Tom has illustrated them. So I was kind of, you know, thinking for, an, you know, another story for Tom to illustrate, but we live, we happen to live by Swansea Bay. So we have this beautiful view of the bay from our window. And round about this time of year, actually, in September, we have this beautiful harvest moon. Oh. and the moon rises over the bay and it's just amazing it's like an orange globe that hangs just over the sea and then as it rises up it casts its light all over the bay and it's just mesmerizing we always love to see the harvest moon um and so for some reason I've just walked I think I was walking with kids to school one morning and the phrase orange moon blue baboon came to me I, I don't know it's a little bit random but um I love to rhyme so those words just kind of clicked together, but I didn't know what to do with them. So I just had this phrase in my head and I scribbled it down because I always do when something comes to me and you just never know where it's, if it's gonna turn into a story or not, but it hung around. And then one day I got this idea about a little baboon who perhaps feels a bit out of tune with the other creatures. Um, and in fact, she literally is out of tune because she finds a bassoon and she starts to play it but unfortunately she's out of tune and they all end up running away. Um, you know, and that's quite sad for her. And I thought, well, what could happen to her then? So she goes on this magical nighttime journey. She finds a hot air balloon and she ends up landing on a distant dune. And there she plays her bassoon again. She plays her tune again, but this time she finds somebody who really appreciates it. And I'm not gonna give the whole story away, but yeah, that was kind of where it all came from. And then when the story was commissioned, that's when Tom started doing the illustrations. Uh, I was immediately inspired by um, by just the, the, the sort of the words and the um, the fact that there, there are very few words in the, in the text. So yeah. that left so much space for me to interpret them and mm -hmm. come up with my own visual narrative and my own visual story. So there's just so many things for children to look for, to spot, to follow. And uh, and the chance to do a nighttime story just full yeah. of light and uh, and brightness as well was yeah, really good fun. Yeah, and you know, illustrations are phenomenal. I mean, they're just, they're so magical. Every every element, and when you were talking about the harvest moon, I went, oh, so that's where- Yeah, that's the that's harvest moon came from, because it yeah. is striking through, throughout the story, the moon in every page. Yeah, it's so the moon is a character in the story. The moon is reacting to everything that's happening. And if you notice the expression in the moon's face, it changes on every yeah. page. <laughs> yeah. so. and, uh, and I had so much fun coming up with the incidental characters that yeah. I mentioned in the texts. If you, you know, you can follow this heart-shaped balloon 
through the whole story and the ducks. The there's the cats. There's the the ducks. Is the crabs at the end. Is mm. you know, it was, a, it was just a, a gift to be able to have that sort of freedom to to create a my own sort of story around Helen's words and the band, of course. What medium did you create this in? Do you do you hand sketch? What is your process like for this? Yeah, I painted all the different characters and the backgrounds by hand oh. using stencils and uh, and acrylic ink. Wow. And then I scanned them separately. So, I, you know, I'd often paint bits of the background separately and the characters separately. I'd scan them into the computer and then I would sort of almost collage them together mm. um, in the computer. And you could also, you know, manipulate some of the colours, make things brighter, make things glow, you can move things around. So it was quite an organic process. Uh, but yes, I think, you know, that sort of hand painted quality I think that comes through quite strongly on the illustrations as well as the sort of vibrant colour that you get from working with the computer as well. Yeah so Helen how long did it take you to write this because like like he said there there's sparse words <laughs> it's a powerful story you have a beautiful gift of telling the story in such a concise but I know it's not easy no it's not easy I mean I think that what people think often is that oh anyone can write a picture book text but actually it's quite hard to write a complete story in so few words but I've never written a story in, in quite as few words before um most of my picture book texts have a much longer word count than this um so this was sort of a challenge I set myself actually Tracy it was like can I write this in mono rhyme so literally in every line, there are just three syllables and every line has to rhyme with moon or baboon. So <laughs> it was a challenge because obviously I had very few words that I could choose from, right. a very limited pool of words, but um, that's, the, that, that's where the fun lies in the challenge. And because um, I just love rhyming. And so once I had the story, it was kind of easy then to, to find the right words and, and obviously to, you know, to shape it, shape the narrative. And that's the thing that every story has to have the same bones of a narrative, even if, um, you know, however many words there are or however you're telling the story, you've got to have that structure underpinning it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so actually it's, it didn't take me as long to write as many of my other texts. So, you know, Pirate Nell, for example, took a lot longer because it is more complex, mm. um, a narrative. And it has more twists and turns, um, but and obviously much more rhyming. So it didn't take as long, but I think, yeah, it was just more than anything. It was getting the right idea, yeah, and then working on it and, I, and I, finding the rhymes. I really enjoyed the almost as a surreal. If you write in mono rhyme, there's a as Helen said, there's only a certain words that you mm. can actually use, and and I think that sort of slight, slight odd sort of combination of of, uh, of words makes it really fascinating real challenge to, to illustrate as well so that was that was really good fun working with so little and, and trying to create so much from it yeah. yeah so you know I mean I always had this idea that there would be this these animals watching and listening and then running off and that was kind of in my illustrator's notes so we knew there were going to be people listening to her play out of tune um, play out of tune but then we had to decide who these characters were how exactly they were going to react what they were going to be doing yeah. And I think we had a discussion one evening, didn't we? You came up with the idea of setting it in the city. And I think that was a genius, a stroke of genius, really, because rather than have all the action take place somewhere in, out in the country, yeah. I think putting it in the city, in a park in the city, that's something that I think children can relate to, because a lot of children have had that experience of going to a city park. 
maybe I, in the evening. I also thought that, you know, things, all sorts of interesting things happen in parks mm. and, uh, you know, you do get people displaying things or... Yeah. We used to live in Bristol and, and one of the big parks in Bristol did have a, a hot air balloon yeah. show. So, I mean... They really not, did. They really did. So, you know, these things, yeah. you know, all sorts of things happen, happen in public spaces. Yeah. So that made, you know, it easier to sort of fit the, the sort of visual narrative around Pelham's right. And we, we went to a wonderful park in Germany once in Hamburg where they had this incredible um, light and water and music display in the evenings. Wow. So they had the fountains were turning all different colours and music was playing and it was just magical. And I think we wanted to recreate some of that atmosphere, didn't we? Well, you did anyway in the illustration. Well, I still remember that the magic of, especially being a young child when you're up late and maybe mm -hmm. a special event and it's got dark and maybe, you know, usually you'd be in bed, but you're outside and, you know, there's this nice stuff happening around yeah. you. It's quite, and quite exciting. Possible. It feels like that cusp between day and night, it's like a sort of magic time, mm -hmm. isn't it? It's like a moment where um, perhaps, I don't know, reality shifts a little and you can, you can do something extraordinary in that moment. And that's, that's kind of the space where this story takes place, really. I love it. And I like that there's um, some very strong lessons in this book, too. I mean, for any kid or adult who's felt different or yeah. maybe out of tune or, you yeah. know, they're not in the same category as other people and they just yeah. feel different. I mean, I love the the messaging in here of how, you know, he he doesn't stop playing. Yeah. He continues playing and yeah 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 she does yeah, it's, it's right and a great story i think i think that's a really important message i think there's something slightly autobiographical about it because i used to feel a little bit like that as a child sometimes you know i used to feel um maybe a bit different from some of my classmates because i always had my head in a book and i love writing as well and i used to make these little books so i was a little bit different from a lot of them but i think it's that thing about finding what you love and doing it anyway, even if other people don't appreciate it straight away yeah. um, and not being afraid to be different and just trusting that in the end, you will find your people, the people who really appreciate what you're doing yeah. as, as happens to Blue Baboon in the story. Um, so yeah, and also I think what I think was really important at the end is that we have the other characters come and join at the end because mm -hmm. we wanted it to be a story, not just about that sort of self-acceptance, but about everyone accepting difference as well and accepting that people can be different and that's that's fine you know right right because if we were all the same what a boring world I know exactly <laughs> if we all played in perfect tune with each other it would be yeah. really boring. yeah yeah and so are you um are you doing any sort of like book tours or um school visits and such with this book I can imagine this would be a big we have you know we we have got some some um some visits lined up online mm -hmm. so we're really looking forward to those and uh, you know we did a lot of uh, visits with the snatcher book and uh, the storybook night so yeah we're looking forward to doing as well. yeah, yeah we're doing looking forward to doing lots of events yeah yeah and um we'll see what happens with it obviously it's, it's early days because it's only just come out but we're, we're yeah we're really hoping that we'll have lots of chances it's, to, it's got to some, share blue baboon it's got some fantastic reviews already and yeah. uh, people are you know talking about it and uh, people are loving the pictures so uh you know just uh Let's just hope that people continue to enjoy it and it, it gets in the hands of lots of lots of kids and, Absolutely. and they, yeah, they, yeah, they can enjoy it together and, with their families. And this is a source books. 
published. It is, that's right. Yeah. So we're really excited. I mean, it's it's brilliant for us because obviously we live, well, we live in Wales in the UK. So, you know, um, it's just great for us that we have an American publisher as well. Uh, you know, we, we, we love connecting with our audiences like overseas yeah, and, uh, you know, to have people enjoying our book as far away as the United oh, States is, amazing. Uh, is a great feeling. So, for example, we, um, Tom and I, last week we were teaching on a course up in North Wales, a course on um, writing and illustrating children's picture books. So exactly what we do. And there was actually one lady from Canada who came all the way over to do the course. And that's because, so she used to be a teacher. Um, she's retired now, but while she was working in a school in Canada, uh, she picked up on the Snatcher book and she worked with a musician to help to turn it into a children's opera. <gasps> the children in her school actually sang the story of the Snatcher book and performed oh. it in the opera. I know. And that was years ago, but we've kept in touch. Um, and she actually came all the way over to go on our course, which was just so lovely. And, you know, it wouldn't have happened if we hadn't had our books published in the United States and Canada. So and indeed all over the world. So it's just, we love it. We absolutely love knowing that there's people that we may never meet, but some of them maybe we will, but that they're enjoying our book in all different corners of the world. It's, it's a wonderful feeling. Yeah, and it's, is it interesting though, how your words can be inspired and inspiring others and turned into musicals and yeah. great. I know. <laughs> how it's exciting. A, it's a wonderful feeling to, yeah, to create something, you know, something artistic and you, send it out there mm -hmm. in the world and uh, you don't know what's going to happen yeah and, and you know people are enjoying it or interpreting mm -hmm. it or it means certain things to people that mm -hmm. you know you would never have expected and yeah uh, yeah so it's, it's a great feeling we absolutely love it when people take our work and do something new with it so adapt it for stage in different ways or mm -hmm. or like you know turn it into music we had a lady in spain took one of my other books you can never run out of love and she wrote the most beautiful song in Spanish, so she used the Spanish version and she turned it into music and it actually makes me cry every time I watch it. It's so beautiful. So yeah, we, we love it when that happens. And you used to be a teacher too, didn't you? Okay. Yeah, I used to teach Spanish and French for years actually. And yeah. this book has been translated in, or many of your books have been translated into 25... Um, 28 languages, I think, altogether we've got. Yes, um, the books are quite successful around the world yeah, in that sense and it, yeah it's lovely sometimes you know we, they, we get sent the different editions mm. and um with all the beautiful text and writing and the different fonts and yeah, yeah it's, it's very exciting feeling. and i mean the european languages a lot of them we do understand so we can um we can read them and, and work out how the story's been you know because they have to adapt the story slightly to make it rhyme in their own language which is it's an amazing art form and skill in itself the translation process yeah. Um, but then we have um, we have editions in Japanese, Korean, um, Chinese, so nice. uh, Hebrew, um, Thai, and we just obviously we can't read those languages, but it's just so exciting to see them anyway, and all the beautiful scripts and yeah, yeah, it's, so it's awesome. incredible. And so, do you have new books that you're working on? Yeah, yes. we have. A I lot. would imagine. <laughs> you know, Helen's actually yeah. Helen's just finished writing. Uh, our next book that we're going to do mm. together yeah and it's called super wolf mm -hmm. and so I, just last week i started doing the first sketches of the characters yeah, it's about a little wolf that wants to be a superhero yeah oh yeah <laughs> 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 together and we're really really excited for that one and i can't wait to see what tom does with it 
Yeah. And so when, um, when that one's finished, are you thinking, um, that it'll be like a next year type of book? Um, so it's, it's not really us that decides when the books come out. Oh, okay. So the publishers decide. Um, so I'm not sure. I think that was coming out in 2024. I think it must be 2024. Yeah. Because they like to, so when they have the finished book, when they have all the illustrations completed, they like to have some time to try to sell the, the foreign editions, the co-editions. So to see which of their partners want to buy the rights so that they can publish it. And then of course that takes time because they need to translate it. So it's quite a long process. Right, right. We have to be very patient. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yeah, in, the meantime, yeah. in the meantime, we, we have both got um, projects got that we've projects. been working on, you know, the yeah. last year or so, which will be coming out yeah. sooner. So, so I've, I've got a book with, um, you know, David Roberts, the illustrator. Um, so Ada oh. Twist, scientist. Oh you know? yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, so I've got a book that he's illustrated and it's coming out next year, oh. but it's it's been quite a long wait because I think he's just such a busy man. Right, right. <laughs> we've had to wait quite a while, but it's very exciting. So yeah, so watch this space. That yeah, well, um, I always ask people who come on the show what advice they have for future generations who oh. would like to either follow in your footsteps and do what you do. Um, or just in general, and yeah. start with Helen. Well, yeah, I mean, I would just say, uh, keep practicing whatever it is that you, you love. Um, you know, I mean, I spent most of my childhood writing, uh, I used to make these little books, I used to write the story and then illustrate them and make them into little books that I would keep. Um, and I would say that all that work, because even though I was a child, it was still, I think often when, when kids do things, it can seem like they're just playing, but actually they're learning as they're, as they're doing those things. Um, and I think the more you do something, the better you get at it, that's, that's, that's for sure. So whatever you love doing, whatever your passion is, whether it's writing or drawing, or it might be music, or it might be a sport or whatever it is, just keep practicing as much as you can. Because um, that's sort of the only way to get anywhere is just put the time in, and enjoy it. Just try and really enjoy it. Have fun with it. Be playful. Yeah. I think uh, I think Helen said it all. Really. I mean, <laughs> I also similarly. You know, I did a lot of drawing when I was uh, yeah. younger, and maybe just don't give up on the things that, that you love. Because uh, I remember being discouraged. Yeah. You know, from do get when I get to like secondary school, which is like is it high school? Mm. You know, um, you know that there was less interest in people drawing. And you, do, you got less sort of praise for it because you were mm. meant to be concentrating on more academic things. But, you know, I, I just never stopped. And, uh, you know, I did all, all the other work as well at the same time. But uh, <laughs> right. you know, I didn't give up on the thing that, yeah. that I really enjoyed, despite the fact that other people didn't take it quite so seriously. Yeah. So, I think yeah. that's very true. I don't think people don't take art up. that seriously at school necessarily. And I think so for people who do love art. So like Tom, you're dyslexic, aren't you? And you found yeah, I found reading, reading a, a bit of a struggle, and you know, his spelling was awful, and uh, there was no spell checks in those <laughs> days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, drawing was always really important to me, and yeah, uh, yeah that, you know, I kept going with it, and uh, yeah, definitely, and, uh, you know, it got me through to, to 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 a job in the end. Yeah. So I'm really grateful to that. And, and read as well. That's the other thing I was going to say is that's that's what I did so much when I was young, and obviously still do now. Um, and I think. The more you read, the more you're, you're just absorbing, you're soaking up stories, different kinds of stories. And those stories stay with you. 
and sometimes you'll just draw on them and little elements of them will come out in your own work um because all stories are sort of they're retellings of other stories in a way so I think the more you read the better and you know use your library if you're lucky enough to have a public library go to your library borrow all the books that you like the look of and yeah just in, enjoy reading I would say keep looking at pictures as well because yeah, uh, if you want to work visually you know that's that's really important. I spend a lot of time going to galleries and um, even if, you know, work that's not related, you don't have to, if you want to be an illustrator, you don't have to look at other illustrators' work to be inspired to this, you know, visual material yeah. everywhere. And yeah. you keep a sketchbook, don't you? So oh, when I, you go out, you yeah, like to draw, draw from life and, you know, a lot of that feeds straight mm. into my work. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm sure that both of you are, have your own separate creative processes, but it's, it feels like it just all comes together and is so cohesive. And oh. the work that you've produced is so incredible. And I'm so excited to have had you on the show today. And um, I wish you so much, so much great luck with this no. book, all of Thank your you. others. Um, so when you have your new book, please let us know. We would love to have you. Yeah. Well, we will. Yeah. Thank yeah you. Well, thank you, Tracy. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank and, you. Um, yeah, we do love working together, don't we? I think we're very, we very lucky. We're very lucky to have each other to, yeah. to work with. Well, thank you and have a wonderful day.